Why wasn't the cat invited to the picnic? Because it always left litter. I decided to sell my vacuum cleaner. It was just gathering dust. Why did the cat stop playing basketball? It threw up too many hairballs. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, subsidized by Cardiff Propane. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, traditional Chinese medicine provider. It gives me street cred, the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we got my wife, Tacey, my partner in all things. Hello, Tacey. Hello. This is a show for people who will never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, or if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHID. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Um, most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take anything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking it over with your health care provider. All right, very good. Please check out stuff.drsteve.com, stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon shopping needs. And uh, you can just scroll down, see all the stuff we talk about on here, um, remedies for um, peripheral neuropathy. All that and, ails you. And, uh, yeah, that's right. I have a thing that ails you. Ails and you can get the uh, robot guitar tuner from Roadie on there, all kinds of stuff. Or you can just click straight through, go to Amazon. And anything you purchase there really helps us out. We appreciate it. Uh, check out simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. That's Dr. Scott's website. And uh, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. That's Tacey and I, Tacey and me. And we do, um, um, well, no, it, it is Tacey and me, but Tacey and I do a show on there that is exclusive to Patreon. And we do a thing called The Exam Room, which has uh, celebrities calling in. And I said last time Tim Dillon has agreed to do it. I hope he remembers that when I finally get around to scheduling that with him <laughs> and our buddy Tim. We knew him before he was Tim Dillon. And uh, and we've got some other people coming as well. We're going to have to get Kevin Brennan on when everything calms down and see what's going on with Kevin between Kevin and Anthony 
and Gino Bisconti and all that bunch. So <laughs> lunatics. And uh, uh, if you want me to say uh, fluid to your mama, get uh, a can get on cameo.com slash weird medicine. And I'll say just about anything. I think I've only turned one down, and it was um, for a good reason. But anyway. <laughs> All right. All Sounds right. good. All right. And don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. I've got a phone call about you coming up, Dr. Scott. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Am I in trouble yep. again? And uh, No, I don't think so. I think it's a hey, good one. cool. I, I do have some uh, rough news to pass along to everybody. Uh, you know, we always talk about um, the flatus flute and the artwork that's on the on the box. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, sort of Ren and Stimpy rendering. Yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know, the flatus flute is a whistling butt plug. <laughs> and we have nothing to do with it. But for whatever reason, they wanted to use our visage on there. So it was... Uh, Danny from Canada and a guy uh, who we knew as Son of Fritz. And unfortunately, Son of Fritz has passed away. And, Son of uh, Fritz died? Yeah, he did. Oh, and Fritz. Uh, uh, remember his mom and dad, his dad's name is Fritz, and he's elderly, and he was taking care of him at one point. And, yeah, he just uh, apparently was living with some friends of his, and they just walked in one day and just found him. Oh, that's wow. terrible. So here's what I'm, I – I don't know anything. I, 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 we had lost track of Son of Fritz, but if Tacey remembers him, then he's a pretty memorable guy. And uh, the artwork that he did on the flatus flute is one of my favorite things that I have, you know, because it's uh, – you know, uh, hairy ass crack farting out musical notes into my face, and I've got this smile like it's the greatest thing that anyone <laughs> had ever done. And it was brilliant artwork. Yes, it was. And, um, you know, he was just, he was a good guy, just a good guy. And his friend uh, uh, emailed um, Danny and I and um, just said that he always kept track, uh, uh, you know, with us. He just didn't. Uh, you know, uh, correspond with us that much there in the end. So uh, I want to tell everybody, um, I, I don't know anything about his medical condition, mm -hmm. but um, who knows if it was another GVAC situation mm -hmm. where he had a massive myocardial infarction. Consider if you have risk factors at all, smoking, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, family history of talking to your primary care about just getting a calcium score done. Mm -hmm. And I just got an email from somebody the other uh, the other day that had a calcium score of 650, which is an abnormal mm -hmm. test. And they're going to, uh, you know, the cardiologists are going to do a uh, cath or something on them okay. or a thallium uh, stress test or who knows, a mm -hmm. adenosine mm -hmm. stress test, one of those. And uh, they're going to and, – and he said, you know, I don't know – if I'm going to make it, I was like, no, dude, you're way more likely to make it now because yeah. it, this is a silent killer. Mm -hmm. And you have the problem, you don't know it, and then until it's too late. So, um, you know, sudden death is a problem. In, it's always been a problem in this country. And um, so I, it was well, a problem all over the world. There's a certain fraction of people just die suddenly. And most of the time it's due to either a massive uh, coronary artery issue mm. or a massive stroke. stroke yep. So please uh, talk to your uh, primary care provider mm. and see if you are a candidate for getting a, um, um, 
a uh, stress Cal- or a calcium, calcium score. score. And if okay. you're having symptoms, you're a candidate for a stress, stress test. test. So what are the symptoms of a myocardial infarction or angina, which is, you know, um, the the feeling that you get when the heart isn't getting enough blood. You know, when you run mm-hmm. and you get that burn or you're you're um, doing your your leg presses with with big weights and you start getting that burn in your calves, that's lactic acid building up in the muscles. And you start feeling this uh, lack of oxygen and buildup of lactic acid in there. And it it comes across as this burning feeling that's very unpleasant, uh, which usually goes away really quickly. Well, if you start running up the stairs and you're having that in your chest, that is your heart having those same sort of issues because the, um, um, you know, the coronary arteries that feed the heart muscle are being blocked. Mm-hmm. And so when it's demanding more uh, blood, a.k.a., you know, more oxygen, uh, then um, and it can't get it, it's going to start to to uh, kick back and cause symptoms. So, yeah. so if you have that, you got to tell somebody if you have nausea, uh, um, uh Diaphoresis and other sweating, yeah. diffuse sweating, palpitations, shortness of breath, chest pain, any of those symptoms, doesn't have to be all of them, Come, going upstairs and it's reproducible or walking short distances, you got to talk to your primary care. So, yep. you know. All right. Uh, son of Fritz's real name was Karsten. I always thought it was Chris somehow. I thought it was Chris too. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. Well, I think maybe that's just his Americanized name. Could be, yeah. Okay. But anyway. What was his real name? He will be missed. Karsten. C-A-R-S-T-E-N. Oh, man. I know it. Yeah, I was bummed to hear that. But at my age, it's like, shit. You know, I get messages like this about once a week with my friends. But he was young. So, all right. Um, What else we got here? Uh, Dr. Scott. Oh, yeah. Well, let's do our phone call about Dr. Scott's thing, and I'll go ahead and get the disclaimer. Number one thing, don't take advice from some (laughs) asshole on the radio. This is our buddy Clint, who has recently uh, been having some health problems. Oh, cool. Hey, Dr. Steve, Dr. Scott. Hey, man. I wanted to uh, uh, call and let you know I really like the, uh, the CBD nasal spray that Dr. Scott has. It's really good. I, I use it at night, and I can sleep with the windows open and not wake up in the morning with congestion. But I do wake up. Um, I'm in my mid-40s now, so I do wake up in the middle of the night to pee. And for, I, I can't remember the last time that I didn't. So I know my PSA is low. I think it's like at 1.2. Um, it's been a while since I checked it, but I, I know it's not on large prostate, but is this what getting old looks like? Uh, I get up maybe once, maybe 2 o'clock in the morning to pee, and then I can usually make it through the night. But uh, just wondering what you think. Thanks. Hey, I'll, I'll take this one. If he's only has yeah, to get cool. up once. once that's awesome. Night, that's awesome. That's what I think, too. Yeah, and also, yeah, especially plus 40. Yeah. Does your nasal spray help with, like, post-nasal drip? Oh, yeah. And actually, it's the best thing ever for posting. Oh, Why don't I have it? <laughs> well, because I gave it to your um, husband. Uh-huh. He was supposed to But in all seriousness, it, it can help with post-nasal trip. Can it? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean I'm try. on the Allegra's and the... All the other stuff. Uh, Monty Lucas. Yeah. I would try mine. Yeah, me too. Just for the heck of it. But um, you never know. It might help, it might not. Yeah. And that's the truth. You know what would help you taste, besides what Scott's got, Mm -hmm. is um, uh, using the Navage. And I'll buy you your own if you want to try it. 
because the navage being the saline, um, you know, lavage device, mechanical neti pot, basically. And if you go to our YouTube channel, we've got uh, uh, NP Mel B was, uh, she hated putting things in her nose. And uh, she did the Navage live on the show, and she actually liked it. She took it home with her. She still uses it. And uh, just cleaning all that crap out of your nose before you go to bed, I think, would make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll regenerate some of it, no question about it. The body can make mucus pretty quickly. But just cleaning the allergens and all that stuff that's stimulating the nose to make, uh, and then following it up maybe with... uh, you know, a saline nasal spray or something like that, it could really make a big difference. And um, now that stuff of yours, and this isn't a commercial, we can't do commercials for mm-hmm. your stuff, but it, it has peppermint oil in it as well, yep. right? Which has been demonstrated, yes, in the yep. medical literature to be an anti-inflammatory, so that might help. Yep. And Tacey, are you using... And uh, it's got the saline too, like the Navage yep, does. That's right, that's right. Well, you do both. I remember advocating using both. Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, do you uh, are you using a nasal steroid right now? No, I'm not. That might help as well. I saw where um, Astelin is now over the counter. What's it? Is it Astelin or an? Well, what, an Astelin-like version of Astelin is over the counter, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah, so Astelin being the nasal uh, antihistamine, and you would stop taking, um, uh, you would stop taking the fexofenadine, yeah. aka Allegra, if you took that because you wouldn't need it. And really, why take a pill that is going to go to the tip of your toe? and to the tip of your nose and your ear and the tip of your fingers when you can just spray the medication where you really need it, which is inside your nose. Yeah, it's called Astapro Allergy. Yes. Which is, that's... And it has azelastine in it. Is that the active ingredient? It's great when drugs go generic and are actually affordable. Yes, agreed. Which doesn't always happen. Right, we should probably <laughs> gosh, talk no. about that a little bit. Oh, my gosh. But Because we have, this, you know, everybody has this problem. But yeah, we have yeah. it, too. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. But the other thing is, taste is the thing that you used to take was Dynamist, which was azelastine and I think... Dimista. Like, Dimista, that was it. You're yes. right. You're right. And it was, um, well, I'll give you, there you go. Give yourself Oh, my God. Suck sakes. it. <laughs> We're not even five and six. He's already won up on me. That's terrible. We, um, uh, you get uh, a steroid and a topical antihistamine, and that's a really powerful combination. Yeah, and the other one of those is generic as well. I just can't what? remember the name of There's it. There's a combination? No. Okay. The, oh, of the, the other. Of the steroid? Half of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can just buy the two things. There's not, you don't have to mix them together. And yeah. just, that's just lazy. It would anyway. be nice if we could remember what the other name of what the Flonase? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, you can get generic. I think the fluticasone, right? Fluctinase or fluticasone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let Scott pronounce it. (laughs) All right. Anyway, um, so that would be something. Now, what were you? Were you saying oh, something? we're talking about the prostate, you know, because because Clint oh, was talking yeah. about his, his, his yeah. Night, <laughs> night, yeah, nighttime uh, trips to the to the bathroom. Um, yeah, yeah, a couple things for sure. Your prostate does not have to swell up much, and certainly your PSA does not necessarily go up if you have a slightly inflamed prostate. So he may be yeah. starting to get just a little bit of a of a bulge, just enough to retain some of that 
Yeah. That urine at nighttime. But, um, you know, honestly, if, if he's going once a night, I'd take it. Some people have high urine volume only at night. Mm-hmm. It has to do with position and the change in light dark okay. through our pineal glands. But they feel sometimes really what a lot, what a lot of uh, um, researchers think is that it's not really even that. You get fluid retention during the day because you're standing up and fluid is collecting in your feet. Oh. And then you lie down at night and it, that all that kidneys. fluid re-enters the uh, blood supply. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, because the gravity is no longer holding the fluid in your legs and then it ends up in your kidneys and now you got to get up all night and pee. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So Gravity, um, baby. It could just be swelling of the legs because you got bad veins. Mm-hmm. You could have obstructive sleep apnea because those people uh, have their breathing interrupted many times during sleep. I have that. I think I was snoring last night pretty bad. Yes, you were. And I still don't get up to pee in the middle of the night, though. I never do. Oh, I do all the time. There are certain drugs. Yes, I know you do, which, by the way, this isn't an ad for (laughs) Tempur-Pedic, but when we got that... um, that mattress, we got one of those that they advertise where they put a glass of wine on there, and they got kids jumping up and down, which is always great when you got kids and wine playing together. But anyway, uh, and the glass would just sit there. And I, I really never know that you're getting out of bed because the bed is shifting. It's just all the fucking noise that you're making. <laughs> <But> <laughs> she's not laughing. Oh. No, that's not okay. <clears throat> I'm irritated. Next. So what are you irritated about? <laughs> Just our switching insurances, which is not fun, and especially pharmacy coverage and trying to find out, well, will you cover this? Well, I don't know. Well, where do we get? You can go to the website. Well, where do I yeah. this go is... to? It's like a big mystery that nobody wants you to know about. This it's is some bullshit. scary mystery. Mm-hmm. So you got a big list of drugs. You got to switch to a new pharmacy or whatever, and that was our situation. Nobody helps. Nobody. Nobody. Well, yeah, I had right. one lady call me. She was very helpful, and that was just. And the only reason she did that is because she is the pharmacy manager, and she wants my business. She knows you, right? Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, you would not have had that out. And I go in all educated and bullshit, and. I'm like, I need to know what the copay is. Oh, well, we can't really do that. So, you know, when you they know, can. We're so busy, and I'm the only one effing standing in mm. the store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and me... I'm like, well, you're making a great first impression for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the only time you can find out is when they run it. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So this is how this works. If you have a drug and it's not covered by your formulary, uh, a lot of times it'll alert the the provider, but most of the time they ignore that because half the time it's wrong. <clears throat> so you write a drug. Let's say we write drug A for Tacy, and it needs a prior approval or prior authorization. You won't know that until you go and take the prescription, try to get it filled. Mm-hmm. And then they'll hand it back to you and say, this needs prior authorization. Now you got to go back to your provider, get them to do it. Instead of just picking up, you know, pharmacists out there, let me talk to you for a minute. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone, call the provider yourself. And if you're too busy, too scary busy to do it, hire somebody to do that mm-hmm. because it's a real service that you can do for your patients. The, the few pharmacists 
around here that will pick up the phone or message, send me a message or call me on my cell phone because they can all have my cell phone and say, hey, can we switch this to this other thing? Mm -hmm. And that will be covered. And I go, well, either yes or no, I'll go ahead and get my nurse to do a prior see, authorization. See, that's what I was trying to do, to right. see what was on formulary in the same class that maybe I could they can't, take. They can't, their system will not tell them until they, they actually try they to run it. They deal at that pharmacy with one effing formulary. You mean to tell me they can't tell me yeah, I know. what yeah, is on their it. chronic no. constipation nope. medication nope. list? They can't. and they, or, or they I don't know. <laughs> because the, the computer will not tell them no. until... What are they prescribing what are they what are they feeling because that's a big effing clue right there i agree i totally agree Hey, and can I throw this and up there, too? And it is bullshit. Can it's, I throw this up yeah. there, too, please? Of course. And, and, and what I would suggest, too, what I love are independent pharmacists, especially around here, because yeah. those are the guys that seem to to dig a little deeper and work a little mm-hmm. faster as far as making contacts to, to the to the providers. Yeah. Um, and, and those are the guys I've, I've, I've dealt with for years, and I've had a lot of success but with But sometimes with employers. Yeah. They get they you by the balls. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. And That's they're true. like, you, you, can pay, you can go to this pharmacy and pay 50 bucks, or look, you can have it here for 30 cents. Well, remember a few, a few years ago, one of, one of, when the big, big, big company in our region took away all of the independent yes. pharmacists, and that yep. was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that that was, was a bunch of bullshit. That eviscerated the— And we had uh, to switch our pharmacy because they switched it to that pharmacy, and yeah. that pharmacy wasn't staffed to handle it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So, but yeah. the company didn't care because they're giving to the big bucks. Maybe. That's right. Well, no, they got a discount. Uh-huh. You know, they were probably saving millions. Oh yeah, by doing yeah. that. Yep. And uh, yeah, so there's just like suck it up. We're paying for it, so it's going to cost you a little bit extra grief. Yep. So if there are any pharmacists out there that are getting their hackles up hearing this, and you want to talk about this, we'd be happy to call talk in mm. because love to talk. Listen, to you. we love our brother and sister pharmacists, but mm. the, this is. These are the kinds of things that get patients riled up. Yep. I can't wait to go in there with my list of 12 rebates that I've pulled up and hand it to them and say, here you go, because yep. they're going to hate my guts. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, and, and one of our friends who's an independent pharmacist, I know for a fact, if you went in and gave him a list of, of medicines, yeah. he would actually go through and tell you what he could get for each one, Yeah, yeah. which, which is different from a, a big no, pharmacy. I, I have an independent yeah. pharmacy yeah. that I call. And I say, hey, if I if this patient comes over there, how much? Is the, what's their out of pocket going to be? You know, and they'll look it and up. And they answer. Yep, yep. Yep. Well, holy hell! But it's an independent pharmacy, and I was there the day the pharmacist was born. Matter of fact, I think I assisted in his delivery. So, <laughs> so that helps. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it is funny. It's we true. are getting old. We are getting old, aren't oh, we? Oh God! And yeah. then he's got a kid. You know. God. I was in the elevator one day, and this woman, and this was 20 years ago, and this made me feel old. This woman, she was nine months pregnant. They make them walk, you know, to stimulate uh, labor mm-hmm. and uh, progression of the head down into the, you know, vaginal canal. And uh, she got on the elevator with me. She was walking around the hospital, <clears throat> obviously pre-COVID, because you don't walk around the hospital anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, she saw my badge, and she said, oh, you know— Dr. Steve, you delivered me. <laughs> I was like, God dang it. 
<laughs> Apparently, I don't know. Did she memorize the doctor's name that delivered her? No, I don't funny. remember who delivered our kids. Yeah, that's because well, I, re- you, I were, you you were probably a loopy. I was a little loopy. <laughs> I could I could give you their face, but I don't remember their name. Yeah, one was a guy and one was a woman. Yeah, yeah. I just remember Liam came out looking like a pa- cabbage patch kid. Beck <laughs> fell out. And Beck just, yeah, blooped Bloop. out. And, but he was covered in meconium. That yeah. means that they took a, a dump inside the womb. It's so disgusting. Oh he was God. just covered in it. Love it. And they had to take him back there and just sort of basically scrub him, his skin to get him clean. And look how he turned out. He's so sweet and cute. I know mm-hmm. it. Well, then they brought him. It was near Christmas time. No one gives a shit about this. But this, we're recording this on an off time. For a, a, a reason, because I'm going to be away this weekend. But uh, they brought him into us in a stocking. Sounds like he's going to prison for the weekend. <laughs> I'll yeah. be going away for the weekend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm on a weekend. He's a weekend for, furlough. For, for, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, they, uh, oh, it's the opposite of that, though, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, on furlough now. You're on, fur- <laughs> you're on furlough. Right. No, you'll be on the furlough this weekend because you'll be out of town doing, yeah, doing true, the fun true, stuff. Doing the fun I mean. stuff, yeah. Um, well, I don't consider staying with Tacey prison, so I'm no. just saying that. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you. You just said it. No. You should give yourself a bill, Steve. I was talking about you, you, honey. You uh, give yourself a bill. He said it. I said it. I was saying, like, mm-hmm. if I was go, if I was one of those guys that got a DUI, I have to go to prison for the weekend. Yeah. That's what the yes, anyway. that was the implication. She's yeah. just irritated, so she's I'm gonna be so mad. She's irritated. fired up. She's fired up about those those drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so um nah, fucking I forgot what I was gonna say, but anyway. All right. Um <laughs> all right. I love it. Here, let's take this question. Uh, I so have Clint, tasty anyway. topic time as well. Okay, well let's do oh, cool, that yeah. next then. Um no, can't we better just go Wait. ahead and fucking do that. Mama right did now. Mama did the homework. We gotta we, we gotta pay up. We did it for pay next up, week since I didn't know this was Clint, a if you're getting up once or coming. twice a night, that's usually pretty normal for guys our age and it has to do with this whole positional thing. So uh they consider nocturia to be frequent getting up in the middle yep. of the night. That's when nocturium knocked being night urea meaning urinating or pertaining to urine. So night urinating, uh, if it's frequently like once an hour or once every 90 minutes, something like that, then you've yeah. got to get checked. Yeah, I say more than three times a night. You're Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, well, that to be once every couple of hours. Exactly, but, yeah. Uh, and that's fine. I report any kind of symptom like it's that. changes, of course, care. yeah. That's right. All right, let's see here. Oh, here it is. It's Tacy's Time of Topics, a time for Tacy to discuss topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacy. Hello, everyone. So happy to be here today. So happy for you to be here. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, this information came from a journal called Gizmodo. Oh, yeah. We know Gizmodo. Ten Strangest Medical Cases of 2021. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll take that. Okay. Number one, a vertically broken penis, a medical first. Ooh, instead of a horizontally yeah. broken one? Man had somehow turned the protective layer of his penis vertically, torn, sorry, probably drinking, as opposed to the horizontal kind of tear. It occurred during sex. He did not hear the loud popping sound that so many hear. Oh. It may have been less damaging, too. 
It was successfully treated with surgery, and by the six-month mark, he could have sex again with no issues. Wow. I've never heard of that. Never heard of a vertical penile fracture. So uh, people go, what, penises can fracture? Yes, when they are fully erect, and this happens very often when the woman is on top and the guy doesn't have control of the thrusting mechanism, and perhaps he's fully uh, engaged but not fully erect. In other words, he might be slightly on the on the soft side of, um, you know, cat can't scratch it. Yeah. You know, that's that's fully erect, fully engorged, cat can't scratch it. The old whiskey right? dick syndrome. There you go. So yeah. he might have a little whiskey dick, yeah. and she thrusts down, and uh, either he's slightly malpositioned, or um, there's not as much lubrication as as you you would hope in a situation like that, and it bends his penis in half instead of thrusting into the vagina, or whatever orifice they're messing around with, and um, you will often hear a cracking noise. You'll have sudden intense pain and swelling, and there, it'll cause a, a splitting of the ex that sheath, the the sort of semi-elastic sheath around the outside of the penis right under the skin. And when that happens, um, very often they try to repair it, and then you get scar tissue there, and then you get bending where the scar tissue is, in the, and it'll bend in the direction of the scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And the reason that happens is because scar tissue is inelastic, right. and the sheath is semi-elastic, which means it'll expand up to a certain range and then won't go any further, which is good because... If it was totally elastic, you would just fill it up with blood and you'd have this big, you know, like water balloon thing hanging mm-hmm. off your pelvis instead of an erect penis, sure. you know. Uh, and uh, because it's inelastic, the other side will continue to to stretch, but the, the scar tissue won't, and so it will bend in mm-hmm. the direction of the scar tissue. And that's called Peroni's disease. This guy split it lengthwise. Mm-hmm. In other words, from the Roman war helmet to the shaft, and that is extremely unusual. Oof. I've been doing this 37, 38 years now. God, i got to re- figure that out. I always say 35, but I've it's been saying 35 now. for yeah. years now. Yep. Um, and uh, I've never seen one of those. So that was a good one. That's incredible. Of course Excellent it was. taste. Okay, Thank well, you. Right. Give yourself a bill. That's two yeah. for you, Shit. for me. None for you. Dude, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm the second one is There's a Scott, pain in the ass. Scott gets something. Don't Don't eat sharp, pointy things. No. Happened in Japan. It was a 67-year-old, had two months of pain along his right buttock and thigh. They thought it was stenosis and prepared him for surgery. But a CT scan showed a 7-centimeter rod lodged in his rectum. It was a toothpick. Okay. So seven centimeters being well, so one inch is two point five centimeters. So two, two and a half inches. Big ass toothpick, yeah. right? It's a large toothpick. Yeah, don't swallow toothpicks. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Okay, so that one was nothing. So no, okay. that's a good one. That's a very good one. Yeah, it's hard to believe it went all the way through. All what did the they think through. was stenosis though? When you I, said they were going to treat him for stenosis, dude, do I don't think? know. Okay. I just that's just what I wrote. <laughs> okay. Um, That'd be a weird stenosis. This other one yeah. is a post-COVID psychosis. Uh oh. Doctors in California 
detailed two teens who developed severe psychiatric symptoms, including extreme mood swings, paranoid delusions, and suicidal ideation, following a bout of mild COVID-19. It is theorized that the infection triggered a self-destructive immune response that went after the brain. Wow. The patients were treated with immunotherapy and helped, but one patient continued to have memory problems and trouble concentrating six months later. Important questions are left to be answered, including how often it happens and whether there are multiple ways the infection can have a lasting impact. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, um, there's a I'm, I'm looking at medical literature, a case of a patient 44 years old with no past psychiatric history. Behavior included psychomotor agitation, and they were just agitated, perception and thinking disorders, disorganized behavior, and attempted suicide by stabbing. And uh, they linked the virus infection with psychosis to the main concern that COVID-19 could um, induce psychiatric disorders. And we haven't seen a lot of that. No. I mean, I've seen a lot of COVID-19. I haven't seen any uh, 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 of this. However, you there's lots of things that can cause psychosis that you wouldn't even uh, imagine. Especially in teens, right? Yep. Isn't that where a lot of these things yeah, kind of just pop out and Yeah, their brains are so plastic anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you know what else can do this is fluoroquinolone antibiotics. Hmm. So I had a friend whose wife was on a uh, fluoroquinolone. I don't know if it was Levaquin or one of those. It just ran, you know, very commonly prescribed. And uh, she went bonkers. I mean, crazy, schizophrenic, like bonkers. And they got her off the fluoroquinolone. It just went away, never came back. Hmm. So it was induced, you know, it had a temporal relationship with her starting it, and it went away when she stopped it. So, And we looked that up, and it's, you know, not unheard of. Right. But not common. If it was really common, it wouldn't be. But just goes to show you, you find, I'll guarantee you, they didn't have a single one of those when they were doing phase three trials. That's why you do phase four trials, which is aftermarket. Once it hits the market and now you've got millions of people, you can tease out those one in a million, one in 10 million kind of adverse effects. Makes sense. All right. Good one, Taste. Good one, Taste. One more. This this homework stuff, she's Yeah, she's she's killing it It with the homework. It really is awesome. What else she got to do? Yeah. Besides, look deal up with, drug I was, fucking I knew that prices. Was exactly, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Try to figure out the secret website. Ugh. Yeah, then didn't they give you the wrong website? Yeah, they gave me the wrong website. Here, you can go on our and website. the wrong phone number. But the first phone number helped me with the real phone number. And okay, so. well, I'm gonna tell my friend that you have the problem. Well, they just I mean, need a better system. You true. should be able to. You know what? You should be able to do. Don't go. You shouldn't have to look something up. You put in your drugs, and then they have an AI that looks it up and goes through all the protocols and simulates sending it in and tells you, hey, you can get a rebate on this one. You can get this one. One of our kids' drugs. It, this is now. This is almost just as ridiculous. But I'm not going to complain about it. Okay. Seven cents a month. Mm-hmm. Zero point zero seven dollars. Well, that was the alternative. The one well, okay, that but, he's on is four hundred a month. Right, but still, why just give it to us? Yeah, You're no. going to charge us seven cents. Is that going to throw your your bookkeeping off? <clears throat> or have a have a ten dollars a month and yeah, just make, say make, $10. Yeah, yeah, make it make up. We would be gladly so pay ten dollars. Yeah. Exactly. This, yeah. this is not ridiculous. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
Scott gets a damn bill. Oh, yeah. Give yourself a Synthroid, That's 50 abs- bucks a month on this new plan. Really? 50 bucks a month for Synthroid because there's a generic that just happens to not work. Right. Right. But, but in it's, your opinion. It's the, in most people's opinion. And if you've got Hashimoto's and I'm not saying the generic wrong, works just, for you, or you think it does and you feel like I crap. I just don't want to get a letter from somebody's attorney. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't have anything to do with it other than that I take it and I've tried both. So right. there you go. There you That's go. personal experience. Yes. Right. I like Fired Up Tasty. On I love Fired Up Tasty. I think she's getting too many bills, I think. That's just personal. That's a personal. <laughs> this one is called Nose Tooth. Nose and it's tooth. from New England Journal of Medicine. It's just a short well, one. You know that old feller nose tooth up there in the holler. <laughs> well, a patient had a tooth growing inside his nose. He had a stuffed up right nostril, and they went in and looked, and it was a rare ectopic tooth. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So they removed it, and the congestion cleared up. Well, I'd say it did because he didn't have a tooth in his nose anymore. <laughs> he. Um, <laughs> That's all I have for today. <laughs> well, that was a well, pretty good one. Ectopic meaning it's growing somewhere it's not supposed right, to it's be. It's in the wrong place. Right. Wrong place, wrong Very time. Good. Thank you, Tacey. It's Tacey's time of topics. A time for Tacey to discuss topics. All, all right. right. Thanks, Tacey. Good job, Tacey. You're mm-hmm. a good one. All right. Those are those are fabulous. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. You got to say that. Yeah, you have to. Yep. Since I'm sitting next to you. That's right. <laughs> Hang on. I've now got Tacey's time of topics still this going. This is Tom from Michigan. Hey, Dr. Steve and Tacey and Scott. Hey, man. Hey, and any other special second. guest in the studio. None. This is Tom from Michigan. Hello, Tom. And my question Hello, Tom. in regard to surgery I have been told that sometimes after someone is, for lack of a better term, cut open, yeah. the surgeons can sometimes not get them closed back up. That is true. <clears throat> I was wondering what the uh, truth to that is, how common it is, what causes that, and how, how do they uh, get the person closed if that's the case. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes they'll leave you open to let you heal from the inside out. You know, for certain after some surgeries, you know, after some cysts, they'll let you heal from the inside out. Yes, that is correct. I mean, I'm not talking like an open heart surgery. Well, like let's just say you've got an abdominal surgery and the patient had some insult to, let's say, it was an ischemic bowel. In other words, Mm -hmm. a bowel that was dying because it has no blood supply and maybe the bowel died and they have to go in there and open it up and of course and, and then uh, take out the the dead bowel and then clo- put the two things together mm-hmm. you know the two ends together mm-hmm. and when they do that sometimes there's been so much inflammation in there from just having a chunk of dead bowel and now or, or if you had an obstruction and you and you um you uh, cleared the obstruction now fluid is freely flowing mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the guts that are in there start to uh, balloon up because they're full of fluid. Right. And not inside the gut, but in the tissue. Because mm-hmm. if they were just inside the gut, you could maybe drain it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's really in the tissue, so you can't drain it. It's like sponge just expanding. And now you can't close the damn thing. Right. And so there's two kinds of delayed wound healing. There's healing by secondary intention and 
healing by tertiary intention or secondary wound healing and tertiary wound healing. So <clears throat> tertiary wound healing is um, delay is healing by delayed primary closure. Okay. And that's when you need to delay the wound closing process. And if they, you know, if they feel that they're trapping infection in the wound or, uh, you know, they may allow the wound to drain like you were talking mm -hmm. about and then wait for the effects of other therapies like antibiotics or something like that to take place. Right. And then they close the wound. And then there's healing, secondary wound healing is when you have a wound that can't be stitched. So that's what he's talking about. Because there's so much swelling under there, or you had to take out so much skin yeah. that yeah, now yeah. you can't close the damn thing. Yeah. And they leave the wound to heal naturally in those cases from below. Mm -hmm. And um, you know this is more common for wounds that have rounder edges or covering uneven surfaces, things like that. Mm -hmm. Or like I said, when you've got so much swelling underneath the uh, wound edge that now all of a sudden you can't close. It. Right. Now, I used to teach a really cool stitch called the near, far, far, near stitch that'll close just about any damn wound. It'll, it'll close wounds that are under a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. And um, if we have any medical students out there that want to learn that, I could teach it to them. But anyway, yeah, I, it was taught to me by an old pro surgeon, one of these mm. old school. He yeah. was an army surgeon and then came and started practicing. And he was really pretty. He knew some things, huh? Yeah, he knew some <laughs> stuff. And he was tough on us, but uh, he really liked us because we would we wanted to learn from him. Right. And uh, we always gave him the respect that he deserved, whereas the surgical residents kind of, you know, he's an old, you know, he's an old man, yeah. all that kind of stuff. What does he know? He knew all kinds of cool shit. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, so that's what that's about. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there are times when a surgeon opens you up and they can't close you again. Most of the time they're going to know ahead of time mm -hmm. and they'll warn you about it. Mm -hmm. that this might happen. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then that's just the deal. It takes longer yep. before you're playing football again. Yep. And but then and then sometimes they suit they suit you up and then swelling inside they weren't counting on causes some of this some of the seams to start to Yo, to that's true. Bust open. And you can get yeah. compartment syndrome that way, where yeah. if you close up um, uh, a um, you know a, a we'll wound and it's legs swelling under after total knees and stuff yep. like that, you yeah. know sometimes and there's swelling under there and it's got nowhere to go yeah. and it cuts off the circulation because there's so much pressure because of the swelling of the muscles and mm -hmm. the tissues around there. So anyway, all right. So that's what yeah that's that is absolutely true. That's a good question. So healing by secondary intention or second intention. All right. Okay. This one uh, is apropos to what we were talking about before. Hey, Dr. Steve. My name is Don from New York, and I have a question for you that other listeners might be interested in. Today, I had a pharmacist reduce my dosage of alprazolam, which is Xanax, because he felt the doctor is over-prescribing me. Mm. Is this legal, and can this be done? Thank you very much. Love listening. Have a great night. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. Um, okay, so every state has different rules on prescri prescriptive authority of pharmacists, but I am not aware, and again, pharmacists call in and, and set us straight on this. I am not aware of a state that allows a pharmacist to change the dose, they can change how they give it to you. Mm -hmm. They can decide how, what, how they want to do it and how they want to dispense it. 
Uh, but I'm not aware of a state that allows a pharmacist to actually change the dose of a controlled substance that was legally prescribed. Okay. Now, they can refuse to fill it. Okay. Totally fine. Yeah. You know, I don't think, you know, I, I don't agree with this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a good reason to do it. Sometimes they're ignorant of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the prescriber has not explained to the pharmacist, this is why we're doing this, because you can put that on the prescription. Okay. You, know, you have to put the ICD-10 code saying, well, they've got metastatic cancer with painful bony tumors, and they've got a pathological fracture and stuff like that, and this is a weaning or we're weaning or whatever. Right. You can write all this stuff Wouldn't on the Wouldn't a phone call maybe be in order? That would, Thank you, Tacey. There you go. Give yourself oh, a deal! <laughs> uh, you know what? You can give it up. He's uh, afraid uh, of me tonight. I've lost it. I'm, I'm, I'm done for the night. Pick, hang it up. Pick up the phone. Oh, it's so funny how you guys, your self-worth is... Um, yeah, here you Bell go. Related. There you go, Scott. Give yourself a BL. Yes. Yeah. I don't care if I deserve it or not. <laughs> I got another one. So fake. Um, bullshit. Uh, but picking up the phone and having a discussion, although I've had it where that didn't work, where they actually picked up the phone, said, we think that this person doesn't need this. And it's like, okay, well, let me tell you why they do need it. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Um, and you want to go, are you board certified in yeah. this, this, and this? Yeah. And yeah, Because yeah. I am. Have you published 112 articles in the medical literature on this particular thing? Well, I have. You don't want to do that because then you just sound like an asshole. And actually, you are an asshole. So, you know, I try to have a collaborative conversation with them. But, um, yeah, uh, they. I had one where I was sending them all kinds of documentation. They just still wouldn't do it. And you know what I felt? And they're like, well, they're on too many pills. They're on too many pills. Did you ever see the movie Amadeus? I, I did. did. Yes, I did. Okay, good. do you remember yeah, when he wrote The Magic Flute? No. And Salieri was was whispering in the in the um, the emperor's ears, Emperor Joseph the something. And he goes to Mozart and he says, Mozart, your opera has too many notes, which is, you know, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. And Mozart just said to him, OK, you know, your grace uh, or your excellency or whatever you say to the emperor of whatever that, you know, in Vienna, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which notes should I remove? <laughs> you know, and that's what I feel like saying to them. Because it's uh, to tell Mozart it's got too many notes and him just come back and say, that's fine. Which ones do you want me to take out? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like saying to them. Mm-hmm. Well, just give less, less. You know, it's just too. Yes. Well, what are you basing that on? Yeah. Everyone has no different sense. tolerance. You know, opioids particularly uh, have no ceiling dose. Mm-hmm. It's the only drug you can think of that doesn't have a max dose. If, if you want to give somebody Cymbalta, a.k.a. Deloxetine, the max dose, 60 milligrams. Unless you're a psychiatrist, you go a little bit higher. But, you know, if you want to give somebody um, uh, ibuprofen, the max dose, 2,400 milligrams, assuming that their kidneys and their GI tract is okay. You know, yeah. there's always these caveats, but there's always a max dose. The max dose of opioids is um, assigned by the patient. They're, whether they get relief or they have tolerance, what their tolerance is. So... Uh, something that might be a normal dose for one of my patients would kill all three of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, because we're not tolerant to it because none of us take opioids. So uh, for a pharmacist or anyone else to look at that prescription and say that's too much medicine without having 
examined the patient and looked at their history and had an ongoing relationship with them over time is a, a problem for me. So it sounds like we're just ragging on pharmacists today. I love our pharmacist partners. I don't partners. mean to because I, I'm, I'm it's just not switching them, it's the system. from one to another, yep. the one that I loved, loved, okay. yep. to one that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I the know. unknown. You know, and they weren't very helpful. No. And they, I think if you want somebody's business, be a little more helpful. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, and but part of it is the system. They can't tell you with their system. I've not seen a single pharmacy that's able to do this except for that one that I call, but I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're finagling something I think they're doing. <laughs> I think they're actually sending the prescription in and then canceling it, I think. Uh, and you can't get a lot of pharmacists to do that for okay. you. But uh, until they try to run it. For real, it won't tell them anything. I think that uh, all pharmacies should have some sort of simulator. Hey, if you do this, this is how much you'll pay. And if you do this, we, we could get it down to this. And maybe at some point incorporate AI to get to the minimum I mean, it's quicker. not rocket science. That should be a given. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it kind of is rocket science, though, because you've got rebates, you've got prior auths, you've got all this stuff. And having some, you know, machine learning thing say, hey, what we've learned is if you use the rebate for this one, but get a prior auth on this one, and this is what you got to say, you have to fail on these drugs. And just giving them a do this, then this, then this, So they were this. so unhelpful. I have a list of rebates that I don't want to go back in there with my list of rebates and say, here are my rebates. Right. Right, but you're going to. You're going to take them a list of rebates and hand them to them, right? And then they're going to say, well, we'll have to wait till we fill those. Right, right, right. And then I'll leave. Yes. So right. that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Which is irritating as yeah, hell I, I because it should be helpful to them to have the rebates ahead of time. Of course. You would think. Of course, but they won't. When they're dead like they were when I was in there today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're busy to be different. That is irritating. And, and what we're not seeing, of course, is all of the e-prescriptions that are flying don't, in. Don't know. But don't you don't care. care. Right, right, right. Steve. Right. Steve. <clears throat> I don't next question, Steve. I don't next, care. Next question, right. Steve. Next Fair question. enough. Fair enough. Quit talking, Steve. Quit talking. Hi. My name <laughs> oh. is Alex. I wanted to know if allergies could trigger sinus infection. Absolutely. Or are they not? controlled by that. <laughs> they are. I mean, they're not controlled by that. Scott, you want to take that? Since you're Our selling allergies. a nasal spray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have allergies, does that increase your risk of having a sinus Oh, God. gosh, yeah, yeah, because the allergies are going to stimulate all of those histaminic responses inside your, your nasal okay. patch. Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? So, in other words, yes. yes the, the allergies can be anything from... You know, dust to um, mm-hmm. you know to pollen to 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 grass. That can be anything. So, what's the mechanism by which allergies could lead to a sinus infection? When those little things go up into your sinus, it causes inflammation. Okay. And an inflammation can do a couple things. A, it can create an excess mucus that can cause an infection. Okay. Ultimately, okay. it can also dry you out, and it can dry out your sinuses, and that can also lead to sinus infections. When your sinuses crack, and okay. lead to infections. So, so. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a give yourself. Half of oh, a belt. Stop it. 
one so, and a half today. Yeah, I, and I think also uh, you get swelling of tissues when when you have yeah. histamine release in the nose mm-hmm. in response to an you know an antigen that's mm-hmm. up in the nose, and in this case, an allergen, mm-hmm. which is an antigen that your body makes a, a an immune response to. Um, then you get swelling of those tissues because right. one of the things that histamine does is open up the blood vessels, mm-hmm. and you get. Uh, mucus production, mm-hmm. but you're getting mucus production by opening up the um, capillaries, and yeah, and so yep. Dr. Scott's miming wash him out his his uh, CBD nasal spray, but uh, and and I don't disagree with that. But it, so what happens is you get that swelling, and it blocks off off drainage of the sinuses themselves. So the mm-hmm. the maxillary sinus, where where you get um, most sinus infections most of the time, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. always, but most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, has a little um, hole out to the outside. All air-filled cavities in the body have a hole going to the outside world to equalize pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, that maxillary sinus, which is below your eyes, you know, your, your what do you call this? The Zyph- cheek, cheekbone. Well, it's maxilla. Ma- the, uh, what do women call zygomatic. this? Your, is this your zygomatic cheekbones? arch. Yeah. Your cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, it's zygomatic arch is on the side. That's right. Yeah, that's on this, this side. It's... No. Um, goes to the back yeah. toward the ear, but yeah, the, I'm talking about the maxillary oh, sinus. Okay. I'm just trying to give people who are listening. Oh, yeah, under, eye, under your eyeball, beside your nose. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good. There you go. Yes. You get another. Give yeah, that's that, a that equals a whole one. So, um, uh, but the hole is between two turbinates, which are folds of tissue inside the nose itself, and when those turbinates are engorged with fluid, then um, they will block off the ostium, which is the hole coming out from the sinus. And uh, when it can't when it can't drain, it's just going to fill up with fluid. One snort and a bad bacterium, and you got an infa- got raging infection it, yeah. in there. Yeah. So that's why we usually recommend that people wash out their sinuses. Uh, you're really washing out your nose and trying to um, break that log jam of of um, uh, Crud, decreased yeah. flow in there so that you it can flow again and sort of open up and let the body do some of this work. Because really trying to take an antibiotic to kill bacteria in the middle of a fluid collection is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but yes, allergies absolutely can cause that. Yep. Um, we are doing this ahead of time. As, as we speak now, uh, it is about a week past the Rochester trip. So next um, visit, I will uh, give you a, um, or next time we're here, I'll give you an update on that. I did want to tell everybody I was on uh, Shitty Song of the Week last night, and that's a, a, a podcast where they take a song and dissect it and say why it's crummy, and we did wimpiest songs. I've been wanting to do this since 1967, since this song came out, and I'm not going to spoil what it is, because I went second. But well, you like a lot of wimpy songs, though, like the Smiths and stuff. I like do that. like this. Oh God, that would have been a good one. Yeah, I am human and I want to be loved. Uh, yeah, oh my. I do God. love that. I do like some wimpy songs. That's another <laughs> one. Right? But this wimpy song really bothered me. So, uh, check out Shitty Song of the Week. 
with uh, Brandon and Red. It's, it's a, it was a fun time. And uh, they're very nice boys. Anyway, thanks to everyone who's made this show happen over the years. Uh, listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel, Sirius XM. Channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand. And other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for podcasts and schedules and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Hi, Holly. <laughs> Stay. Yeah.